You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I was saved off a bus route when I was uh, started riding the bus when I was 10 years old and got saved off a bus route when I was 13 years old. And uh, on a Saturday morning, me and my brother was sitting there watching cartoons and uh, a man knocked on the door and I looked through the screen door and there he was with a white shirt and a tie on. I told him, I said, anybody come to our house with a white shirt and tie on, it was either an insurance salesman or the law, amen. And uh, so we wasn't answering the door. My mother went to the door and uh, he began to give her an invitation to church and she wasn't interested in going to church. We weren't church going people. And, uh, but uh, he asked, he said, could your boys come tomorrow? Uh, he said, I've got two candy canes. He reached in his back pocket and he pulled out two of those big old red and white candy canes about this long, about that thick. And uh, so we rode the church bus that next Sunday morning. We walked down the gravel driveway and stood and, and the old church bus came down. It was a blue and white bus and uh, came down and picked us up and carried us to the house of God. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, the first time I saw my mother in a dress was Easter Sunday and I went in the kitchen. There she was. She had her hair fixed and had, uh, had on a dress that Sunday. And I asked her, I said, Mother, I said, what, or I asked her what she was doing. Well, I'd never seen her dressed up like that. And she said, well, I'm going to go to church with you this morning. And uh, we all walked down to the end of that driveway, my brother and my sister and my mother. And uh, she got saved. And, and uh, then I got saved. My brother got saved. And my aunt got saved. And some of my cousins got saved. And 42 years of truck driving and drinking and, and living in and out of bars. My, my dad in a little country church, he got saved about 11 years ago. And uh, God made a difference in our home all because of the bus ministry, amen. And uh, pastor wanted me to tell this. I don't know that it has any significant meaning, uh, but I was just sharing it with him. We were talking about talking about my wife and, and uh, just ministry and things. And and first church, and so uh, I told him, he said he wanted me to tell this, so I'm gonna tell it, but uh, I, I took my first church when I was 18 years old, and uh, so uh, they, I was preaching there in view of a call, and I hadn't graduated from high school yet, and uh, so they were looking for me looking for me as a pastor, but I still lived at home, and I said, well, I'm not married, and I hadn't graduated from high school, and they, they said, well, we'll wait for you, and uh, which tells you how much discernment they had, amen. And uh, so anyway, long story short, I graduated on Friday night, got married on Saturday night, and then took a church on Sunday night. And uh, then I smoked pot on Monday night, all right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Some of y'all think I'm serious about that, amen. But God has been so good to me. Uh, I don't deserve anything tonight. I know where I ought to be at. If I had not got saved, I would probably either be in hell or on a bar stool tonight. That's just what our family, all that we knew. But because of Jesus and because of a bus route, I never drank alcohol. Alcohol run deep on both sides of our family, but I never drank alcohol, never smoked a cigarette. I'm not bragging about that. Uh, never lived out a life of perversion or sin because somebody ran a bus. And I wanna say thank God for every bus worker 
Thank God for every bus driver, amen. And it's worth it. I'm telling you, it's worth it tonight. It took our house and it turned it into a home. And I praise God for that. I want to read one verse of scripture tonight from the book of Revelations, chapter number four. Revelation chapter number four. And I'll not be long tonight. I just was thinking as I was uh, sitting there in the service as Brother uh, Martinez was leading the opening songs about the rapture and then the other song, the special song about the rapture. And God knows all things, doesn't he? And tonight I want to read this verse about the rapture in Revelation chapter four and verse number one. If you're able to stand with us in reverence to the word of God in prayer, we'll read this verse and pray and then you can be seated. The Bible says in verse number one, after this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for letting us be in this place. Thank you for this pastor and for these people. Thank you most of all for your presence. God, for what you've done for us. Lord, for how you've met with us. Lord, for the blessed hope that we have that we will see Jesus one day, and it may be today. And I pray for these next few moments, God, that you would give us liberty and vocabulary. Lord, I don't wanna say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit, but I pray, God, that you'd be glorified. I pray that your son would be magnified and the church would be edified. Lord, I ask you tonight to help us to see no man save Jesus only, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen, amen, you can be seated tonight. I know that you're familiar with this verse this, this evening and for just a few moments, I wanna preach on the subject of the reality of the rapture. You know, tonight the rapture is not a figma of our imagination. It's not a story, it's not a fairy tale, it's not something hatched out of Hollywood. But I wanna say tonight it is a Bible truth. Jesus is coming again. What we sang about and what we just shouted about at any moment, at any second, before your heart beats another beat, before you draw another breath, we could be absent from this body and could be present with the Lord. Amen. I believe tonight, as the Bible said in the book of Hebrews in verse number 10 and verse number 37, for yet a little while and he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. Amen. I believe there's a rapture tonight because the Bible says there's a rapture. I believe there's a rapture tonight because Jesus said there would be a rapture. In John chapter 14 and verse number one, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And he said, in my father's house are many mansions and if it were not so, I would have told you. And then he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, hallelujah, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And so we know it is a reality. When we come to the book of Revelation tonight, John the Revelator talks about many things throughout this book. As he begins to write from chapter one all the way through to chapter two, he talks about the jubilation in heaven that's going to be around the throne in chapter four. He talks about the tribulation on earth that's going to be around the world. He talks about the manifestation of angels in and around the universe, the annihilation of kings and captains and armies in the battle. He talks about the glorification of heaven 
heaven and of earth that's coming together and the renovation of a new world and earth that's going to be with God. But everything that John writes about, do you realize tonight that it cannot start until the rapture takes place? That's the next event that's going to be on God's schedule. I want to say tonight I'm glad that we're serving God in these days. Amen. I don't know a more exciting hour to be alive and be a Christian. I know the world is in chaos, but while the world is in chaos, we as Christians can live in comfort and victory to know that at any moment this could be the hour, this could be the day, Jesus could come and for our friends some golden daybreak, he is going to come again and take his bride away. Hallelujah. So when we come to this verse tonight, we see John in this verse. And John is doing three things in this verse that I think we all should pay attention to in light of the rapture. I want to say first of all tonight when we look at this verse, the first thing I see in verse number one is I see that John is looking. He said in verse number one, after this I looked. John is looking in this verse. I I think as Christians tonight, we ought to be looking, amen? Titus chapter two and verse 11 said, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we shall live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, I remember as a young preacher boy growing up, uh, and it seemed like everywhere you went uh, to revival meetings, uh, on Friday night of that meeting, you'd just about knew that the preacher was going to preach on the rapture of the church or the second coming of Christ and there was an anticipation, there was an excitement. I remember that old song, it seemed like it was sung in just about every revival meeting that troublesome times are here filling men's hearts with fear. They would sing that song, Jesus is coming soon and people would shout and they would praise God and they was excited. You say, what? what's what was that about, preacher? They were looking for Jesus to come. John is looking in this verse. But not only is he looking, I want you to see how John is looking. Notice he said, after this, I looked. I see that John is looking patiently. He said, after this. You say, what's going to happen after this? Those are the first two words in that verse, isn't that right? You look at the last word in that verse and it's really two words, it's hereafter. If you wanna know what's gonna happen after this, I'll tell you what's gonna happen. After this is the hereafter. And John is patiently looking. I think it's interesting that he makes that statement after this because we don't have the time, but if you go back and and you read the the chapters prior to this in chapter one, we know that John, it tells us he's on the Isle of Patmos and and John is is in Patmos, but he's really in another place also. He's in Patmos, but he says he's in the spirit, amen, on the Lord's day. You know, it's possible for a child of God to be in two places at the same time. I mean, Patmos was 
was his earthly place, but in the spirit was his heavenly place. Amen. John learned that while he was on Patmos, uh, he had an outward poverty, but while he was in the spirit, he had inward plenty. Amen. He realized while he was on Patmos, uh, he had an outward solitude, but while he was in uh, the spirit, he had inward fellowship. Amen. On Patmos, there was an outward storm, but my friend, in the spirit, there was an inward calm. Amen. John is in two places at the same time. He's in a very awful place, that prison town. Then in chapter two and chapter three, he talks about the seven churches. Uh, and when John writes about the seven churches, if you'll think of it like this, uh, he sees everything about those churches. And we know they were literal churches, but we know they represented the church age. Isn't that right? And so John, uh, he sees the church age. Uh, and what John sees in those seven churches is he sees the good, he sees the bad, and he sees the ugly. Isn't that right? He sees the apathy of Ephesus. He sees the persecution of Smyrna. He sees the apostasy of Pergamos and the worldliness of Thyatira and the deadness of Sardis and the lukewarmness of Laodicea. John sees everything, good, bad, and ugly about the church. But after all that he sees, he's still looking. I want to say, if you've been serving God any length of time and you've been in church any length of time, we've seen the good, we've seen the bad, well, we've seen the ugly. But I want to tell you tonight in 2021, it really doesn't matter. We've been through a lot of dangers, tolls, and snares, but I'm still looking tonight, aren't you? I'm telling you, my friend, my eyes are still toward the eastern sky. No, she's not everything that she ought to be tonight. I don't like the worldliness of the church. I don't like the deadness of the church. I can't stand the persecution that's being brought upon the church. I don't like the apathy that's in the church. I'll tell you, it still hadn't changed my eyes. They're still in the same direction in spite of everything that we're not. He's still coming for us. He's still gonna get us. He's still gonna take us home. And I wanna free him in just a moment. The twinkling of an eye. Everything that revival could not fix down here, the rapture's gonna take care of up there. Hallelujah. You realize that? John is looking, but he's looking patiently. And then he's looking personally. Notice the next word. He said, after this, I looked. It's John that is looking. John is looking for himself. I, I want to tell you tonight, it ought to be personal. The rapture must be personal in all of our life. Are you looking for him? Then I see that John is looking passionately. He said, after this I look, notice that word, behold. The word behold, you know what it means. It means to stop and gaze upon. It means to, to dwell. It, it means, to, it means to, 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 take, to gaze and to ponder, to stare. That's what it means. And John is not taking a glance here. John is looking patiently. John is looking personally. But I want you to know John is looking passionately. He's not just glancing, but he's gazing. He's looking. His eyes are fastened. He's stopping and he's thinking about what we're talking about tonight. I'm afraid too many times in our churches, we just come and we glance at the service uh, and we just glance at the message and, and we hear the song. We just kind of glance at that song. Uh, it used to fill us and it used 
used to thrill us. We used to shout when we would hear, when we shall see Jesus or when we shall see Christ. And there was an excitement, but often too many times this world has a way of stealing our passion and we no longer, we just kind of glance at it. I'll tell you what you ought to do tonight. You ought to push everything off your schedule. You ought to push everything out of your mind for just a few moments on a Wednesday night. And you ought to take a good look at a great promise that in just any moment the trumpet could sound. Jesus could come while I'm preaching right now. And you ought to look at it with some passion. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? He's looking passionately. And then he's looking through a portal. He said, behold, a door was open. That door was open and I see John is, is looking through this portal. Now, you know, what a, uh, you know what a doorway is. Uh, we have them in this building. A door represents two things. It represents an entrance and an exit. And John is looking at that door. I, I imagine if I walked outside and looked up and there was a door there, I'd look at it, wouldn't you? John is looking at that door and on this side of that door, it represents an entrance. If I was to walk through one of those doors, uh, it would mean that I would be, if I was to walk through that door there, I'm sure I would be entering the foyer, but I would be exiting the sanctuary. John sees a door in heaven. It's a portal. It is opened up and, and John talks about this door that is opened in heaven and he sees it. It represents, I, I thought about when my father-in-law passed away, he had brain cancer and, and uh, for several months the, those tumors in the brain was, was shutting down his motor skills and, and just a few days before he was to pass away, he got to the place that he couldn't move, he couldn't open his eyes. He, he just laid there kind of comatose and I remember my wife and whenever he was getting ready to make the crossing her and her mother and her sister were gathered around his bedside and he had had his eyes closed for several days but all of a sudden when he got ready to make the crossing his eyes opened up real big and my wife sitting next to him she said daddy she said you see something don't you he just kept on looking up you say what was he looking he was looking through that portal amen you see I've never been through that portal but I've stood by the bedside of a lot of people and I've watched them as they slipped through it and he was looking through that portal and she said daddy go on we'll be okay we'll see you on the other side you go be with Jesus you know what he did he looked over at her for just a moment has to say goodbye then he looked over at her sister and then he looked at his dear wife and then he looked back up through that portal you know what happened he took a breath and he went through it amen I'm telling you thank God that there's coming a day when we're all going through through that portal, amen. You know what's gonna happen? That portal's gonna open up one of these days. It's gonna open up broader, Brother Cooper, than it's ever opened up before. And it's not open up so somebody can go in it. It's opened up so somebody bigger than all of us can come out of it, amen. And he's gonna come out of that portal and he's gonna get you and he's gonna get me and he's gonna get every blood-washed saint of God. He's gonna get the church and he's gonna take us and we're going through of that portal, hallelujah. Hey Amen. We're going through that portal. I got a sister on the other side. She was handicapped all of her life. She never spoke a word. My mom and dad took care of her like a little baby. 
She lived to be 43 years old. She was profoundly mentally retarded. She had the mind of a probably about a seven or eight month old child. She never could speak, but my mom and daddy was lost. They didn't know God. And I'll tell you, for years growing up, I often wondered why God would allow something like that. And sometimes God answers that question. Sometimes he does that. But I remember as she would grow up, my mom and dad took care of her like a little baby. My mother would give her a bath every day and, and brush all the tangles out of her hair and fix it so pretty. She had pretty blonde hair but she was just like a, her body was twisted up and she never spoke a word. She never said mother. She never said anything. And for 43 years, my mother took care of her. I was preaching up in Virginia. About six o'clock one morning, my, my mother called. I knew something. I answered the phone. She was weeping. And I could hear the machine on the other side flatlining. She had congenial heart failure. She said, son, I'm losing her. She said, she... She's gone. She's fixing to leave. I said, Mom, tell her to go be with the Lord. It'll be okay. She told her, she said, Jennifer, you go, you go be with the Lord. My mom was weeping. She loved her. She'd been her baby for 43 years. She said, you go be with the Lord. It'll be okay. And I think God did this for my mother. She turned her head and she looked at her. And she drew the biggest smile, my mom said. And she went through that portal. I want to tell you tonight, when I think about Jesus coming, I think about in just a moment the twinkling of an eye. The Bible said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain of the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. I believe she's going to come up out of that grave. Amen. And she won't have a twisted up body. She can speak a language tonight. It's a heavenly language. She never spoke a word of English. But she speaks a different tune. She has a different body. I'll tell you in the moment, the twinkling of an eye. I'll tell you what's going to happen. The trumpet's going to sound. And we that are saved are going to be called up with them. That have been already passed on. And together we shall meet the Lord in the air. Hallelujah. John is, he's looking. Then I want you to see that John is not only looking, but he's listening. He next, notice he said, the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet. John is looking, but he's listening. John, what, what are you listening to? He said, I'm listening to a voice. John, what kind of a voice are you listening to? So I'll tell you what kind of voice this is. It's right here in this verse. Uh, he said, it's the first voice. <laughs> I'm glad he's the first and the last. I'll not be a stranger when I get to that city. Can you say amen to that? The first voice that, that I hear, I believe, will be the voice of my Savior. Oh, it was not only the first voice, but this was a familiar voice. Because this was not the first time John had heard this voice. John is hearing a voice that he heard for three and a half years. 
Oh, he heard this voice preach. And he heard this voice teach. And he heard this voice pray. And John, he heard this voice. He knew this voice. I believe when I get to heaven, I know they've got angels in heaven that, that can sing. And I know that, that there'll be loved ones in heaven. I think there's a voice that is more distinctive in heaven than any other voice that we will have ever known. I believe it'll be so familiar to the ear of the child of God. You say, how? Are you gonna know if that's his voice? I'll tell you how, because I have his word, amen? And his word, I'll tell you, I know his word, so I know his voice. He'll speak a word, and we'll hear his voice. It's a familiar voice. And it's a firm voice. He said it was as the sound of a trumpet. You know, I can't play anything, really. I wish I could. I, I, I hear all these musicians and... And I was listening this morning and in the chapel service and, and right over here there was a young man playing a, a trumpet. I was listening to that and I, I thought about how firm that trumpet sounds. It's so firm that if somebody was to slip in the building tonight and go right up there in the far corner of the balcony, and as hard as they may try, if they was to ease that trumpet out and try to just gently blow it without anybody knowing it, it's impossible. As soft as they may try, it's going to alarm everyone that's in this building. I want to tell you on resurrection morning, we're going to hear the sound. His voice is going to be the sound of a trumpet. Thank God that trumpet's gonna sound. It's gonna be so loud, it's gonna wake the dead. It's gonna be so loud that every blood-washed child of God, we're gonna hear it from the four corners of this earth. It matters not if there's a say, if you're saved in America tonight, if you're behind the Iron Curtain, if you're in Red China, if you're on the Ivory Coast of Africa, it doesn't matter where you are in this world. There's a sound coming across the airwaves. It's coming from the glory world, hallelujah. The sound of a trumpet, it'll be a sound like no instrument in this world has ever heard. And thank God, it'll resurrect us. Hallelujah and bring us out. It's a firm voice. It's a familiar voice. They don't say it's a friendly voice. This voice says to John that it was, I heard a voice as it were of a trumpet. Notice this, talking with me. This voice has something to say to John. You know, God has something to say to the saved and to the sinner. I'm glad that I can hear his voice tonight. I'm glad that he wants to talk to me. Don't you think, God, that he wants to talk to you? In our busy schedules, in our way of life, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll get so wrapped up in our world and I'll do the same and we'll get so hur in a hurry that oftentimes we, we'll look at our watch and we'll say, well, well it's time to go. We, we, we gotta be here, we gotta be there. And I wanna tell you tonight, the truth of the text is this. Uh, God desires to talk to us more than we desire to talk to him. Uh, he wants to fellowship with us. Uh, and one of these days, uh, I'm gonna hear a voice coming from another world. Uh, it'll be the most friendliest voice uh, for us that are saved tonight because it'll be his voice. John is looking, John is listening and then let me give you one final thought tonight. John is leaving. He's pulling out in this verse. He's leaving. He's been looking into that doorway. He hears something coming out. There's a voice coming out of that doorway. It's speaking to John, and now John is about to leave. And I want you to notice the desire for John to leave earth. 
Look at what the Bible says. Come. This voice says, come. John, I, that may not thrill you tonight, but I'll tell you why it thrills me. Because it doesn't say go. Don't you know John wants to go? I mean, if I was to walk out there, if you was to walk out there and a door just opened up in heaven and the most beautiful voice you'd ever heard spoke to you, I think you'd want to go, wouldn't you? I'd want to go. Oh, we know John has a desire to go, but that's, the desire is not on John's part. Has it ever dawned on you that, oh, I want to go, but I'll tell you what will make you want to shout. They want me to come. It's one thing. There's a lot of places I want to go, but they don't want me to come. And I'll tell you, there's one place I want to go tonight more than I want to go anywhere in this world. I want to go to heaven, don't you, friend? I want to go there. But I tell you, I can't believe this, but it's true because it's in the Bible. Preacher, I want to go, but more than I want to go, guess what? They want me to come. They want you to come. Heaven wants us. Heaven is waiting for us. Hallelujah. Wonder why God took your loved one? They want them. Why? He's calling us home one by one. Heaven is gathering. There's a there's a great reunion. There's a homecoming as we get closer. The anticipation is building. The excitement is building in heaven around the throne of God. As one by one, His children are coming home. They're getting ready. They're setting the stage. They're wanting us to come. There's a desire for John to leave Earth. Then there's the direction in which John leaves earth. He said, come up. I like that old song. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to tell you tonight, John is going in an upward direction. I read this and I thought, you know, I... Had it not been for Jesus, had it not been for Calvary, imagine where your life would be at tonight. You know where you were headed before you met the Lord? You were, you were going down. You walk to a grave and you look in that grave. There's nothing good about looking down. The, the deeper you look into that grave, the darker it gets, the, the more depressing it gets. But I'll tell you what you can do. You can step outside. You can look up. And live, my friend, it'll just change your whole attitude. It'll change your atmosphere. I was on a plane just a, a few days ago and it was raining. It was storming. I'm telling you, listen, I, I mean, a thunder was rolling and the lightning was flashing. And we started down that runway. And I thought, man, I, I, surely they're not going to try to take off to right now but, but then we started down that runway and then the pilot come on and said now it's going to be a little bit of a, a rocky flight for just a few moments but we'll be okay. I'll be honest with you I looked out that little portal and I thought I hope he knows what he's talking about because it looks pretty bad. I mean it was just black outside. Uh, uh, dark clouds was rolling in. We started down that runway. We took off uh, and I tell you as we started up through there that plane was vibrating uh, I looked out the window. I don't know why do this, but I did it anyway. I looked out there and that wing was a flopping. It was going up and down. I mean, listen, it was the, the further up we went, the darker it got. I thought, I don't know if he knows what he's talking about, but just all of a sudden, in just a moment, in just an instant, you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. In a split second, we burst through them clouds. Now I'm telling you, it went from pitch blackness to there was sunlight from one end of the heavens to the other end. And child of God just hang 
hang on. We're leaving, praise God. You keep on preaching. You keep on singing. You keep on plowing. You keep on serving God. It's only gonna take an instant for the dark clouds to roll away and we're going to be gone. Hallelujah. We're leaving and we're going up. And then there's the delight. And there's the destination. The Bible says here, he said, come up hither. You know, hither is a southern word. Isn't that right? You say it in Pennsylvania or, or New York, they don't know what you're talking Where's hither? You don't know what hither means, don't you? Come hither. It means come right here. Isn't that right? I, I was sitting in a motel room one day when I read this verse when, when God and God gave me this message. I, I didn't have no commentaries. I didn't have a I didn't have a, a you know I didn't have a strongs or anything. I said, Lord, I said, I, I said, I, and I know what hither means. I mean, I'm from North Georgia. But I said, I, I'd like a definition. I, this is not in the Greek, I'm sure. But I said, I'd like a definition. And the Lord said, I'll tell you what that means. He said, the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, it means to come higher. It means to come home. I'll tell you where we're headed, child of God. We're headed home. We're nearer home today than we were yesterday. With each step we take, we're one step closer home. I'm telling you, there is coming a day when we will have crossed the last hilltop we would have lost, we would have, we would have walked through the last valley. Keep on serving God. You preachers are the last probably of God's plowmen. Just keep on plowing. Just keep on going. There may not be nobody coming up behind you. I don't know. We may be at the very end. Somebody said to me not too long ago, said not as many preachers being called as what there used to be. I said, I don't know about all of that, but if that be true, it may just be because he's not gonna need them. Amen. We may be on the last leg of the journey. We may be in the final flight and the light of final fight. This may be the last battle here. I'll tell you if it is, you just hang on. We're leaving, thank God. I'm telling you, it may just be in this very moment that we're gone, praise God. And tonight, the rapture is a reality. I hope it's a reality to you tonight. I hope you leave this sanctuary tonight with a greater desire, greater hunger, to just simply see Jesus. We sang that song and I thought Holy Spirit knew exactly what he wanted tonight. When we shall see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face all sorrows will erase when we see Christ. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.